Hello and welcome to the You Matter to Christ podcast. Many of our listeners and guests call this podcast an experience because throughout the variety of extraordinary people we have on the show, you'll hear stories of overcoming trauma, hitting record-breaking business goals, people forgiving the unforgivable, and yes, even miracles that will shock and inspire you. On this show, you'll hear from professional athletes, entrepreneurs, and everyday people from all walks of life. Discover the profound truth that regardless of your background or circumstances, you matter deeply to the creator of the universe. You were made for a purpose, and you matter to Christ. Get ready for inspiring stories, personal testimonies, and uplifting messages that remind us of the unchanging love and grace available to all. And remember this, you matter to Christ. And now? Gotcha. Really happy to welcome everybody to another episode of Living a Better Story. I'm Rich Blakeman, your host, and I'm excited to welcome Missy Delvet. I've known Missy for a while. Yes, a while. A while. It's a good, <laughs> it's a, it's a good way to put it. And um, Missy, uh, Missy runs a, an establishment here in town. I'll let you uh, tell everybody about uh, yourself and, uh, and your business and uh, what you do. Um, hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Missy Dalvet, and I run a little establishment in town called The Squeeze. Um, I was lucky enough to acquire this business a couple years ago, about three and a half years ago now. Um, it is the most lovely little anomaly of a place that has been open since 1947. And it was opened by two little gentlemen uh, with their GI Bill after the war. And it started off as a little hamburger joint, actually. And it's been in the same place since, in the same little small brick building on the north side of Denver. And it has been a complete blessing. I'm surrounded by the most excellent people there. And it closed down for a while. Uh, a short time. So it's been open, like I said, since 1947. But it did close down for about 13 months when the owner previous to me passed away. So since when after her passing in the middle of uh, trying to just change, change the business ownership over and going through all, uh, all that we needed to go through to open it, it took about 13 months to get it reopened. Fabulous. Yes. So we'll, we may talk about that some, or we may not. We'll, we'll see. Okay. We'll see where the conversation goes. Sure. Um, the conversation starts where all of my conversations start. Okay. Um, close your eyes. Okay. 
picture six or seven year old Missy. Okay. And we're heading into summer. So picture six or seven year old Missy in the summertime. Okay. What did you love to do most? You can well, open your eyes now, so. Um, the first thing that popped into my head was I loved to play sawhorse hockey with my neighbor, Mike Vickerman. So he would set up two sawhorses. He's a, he still plays hockey now, even today. Um, two sawhorses in his basement and practice shooting pucks into them. I love to do that with him. Um, but probably just to play in the neighborhood with our friends and ride our bikes, um, play with same kids, uh, wind up Evil Knievel toy. I can just, those are the things that I'm picturing. And uh, painting, painting on my grandma's driveway with water. What a silly thing, but we had just the best time doing those simple things. I, I don't have any difficulty all imagining that. <laughs> none, none whatsoever. Right. <laughs> but what I'd like to do is figure out how that connects to what you love most right. about your work. Well, I'm not sure. I don't know. I think we, I probably spent a lot of time with my grandparents. And I think one of my favorite things about my job is just hearing from all of my patrons about the little stories in their life that made them who they are and and, and it's a little bit older of a crowd. It's a neighborhood bar, but just how these little great stories in their life made them who they are. And just getting those little snapshots of time from them that maybe uh, that I'm blessed to hear because I don't, you know, in, in a lot of jobs, I mean, when I worked with you at Miller Hyman, you're head down working on the computer and you don't necessarily get though that talk time with people that you necessarily do but in this job in this little as just has to be described as a little dive bar a neighborhood bar um i just get to hear the greatest stories from people i love that so you you might just because people might be interested and people do pass through denver and some of them actually live here uh, you might want to say the name of your establishment. It's called The Squeeze. It was formerly called The Squeeze Inn, um, but we just shortened it because every that's kind of what everybody calls it, is The Squeeze. It's a tiny little neighborhood bar that is graced with um, blue-collar workers, fire, lots of firefighters, police officers, people out for a ride on their motorcycles, a ton of hot rodders, but a lot of just people that have been around North Denver for a long time and are kind of the heart of the city, I would say. It's great. It's the greatest melding of people I could have imagined. 
it's a place people should stop in if they were in Denver and stop in oh, to see you. I would love that. Yes, I would love it. Yeah, people people come in and I mean, I don't know if you'd agree you've been in, but you come in and you sort of feel like you went back in time a little bit, still has the same back bar coolers that were uh, put in when it was built by these two little Northsiders, um, Joe Murrow and Roxy Denuzzi. And it, you know, it's great. You can almost, you can just feel the history when you walk in. It's a fabulous place. I love it. So I'm, so because it's what I do, mm -hmm. I'm gonna flip the conversation on its head then. Okay. <laughs> those those are great memories of when you were young and 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 a great life you're leading when you're in your work life. Tell me about your most painful memories. Um I was thinking about this. I, I would have to say one of the most painful memories I had was um, my twin sister and I and my dad were in a car accident when I was uh, probably closer to five, but a four, I was four. And we were driving down Wadsworth by our house. And it was in this little, uh, I don't want to say it was a little Fiat convertible that was a friend of my dad's that didn't have any seatbelts in it. Um, a person, not a young girl, not paying attention, swerved into oncoming traffic and hit us head on. And my twin sister happened to be in the front seat. Well, there was no seatbelt, so she just hit the windshield and was um, unconscious for almost a month or you know in a coma for almost a month and that was a very traumatic event i can picture it right now i can remember riding in the ambulance to the hospital and everything clear as day like it happened yesterday oh wow uh I mean, how how old were you? I was. We were four. My twin You're sister. Both your twin. Yeah. Yeah, and so I was in the back seat, and I just happened to not, you know, get tragically hurt. You know, as quite as hurt as her. I just kind of got jostled around. I remember my arm hurting and riding in the ambulance to the hospital, but um, that my sister was very hurt she she was she had a lot of brain damage she had just surgery after surgery after that accident and it just put a tremendous amount of stress on our family so that was rough that's so i mean it's horrible in any age but at four it's yeah tough yeah you don't know what to think no, and I just remember, you know, of course, my parents were at the hospital for the duration. And I just kind of was wherever I had to be, whoever could help watch me, right? So I think from then on, it was like, learn to be self-reliant, learn to be super helpful, because my sister had to learn to walk again, how to, you know, do everything all over again. 
at that age. So um, it was a quick kind of grow up fast time. So it, you know, in a way it gave you <clears throat> a bit of a gift of your own. Very much so. It was very hard, but that's what you how you have to look at these defining moments in your life, right? Is of course it was it was terrible. A lot of bad things happened, but yes, I did learn how important it was to be strong for myself, for my parents, for my sister, um, and how important it is to help people. What energizes you? I think two things I would say. People that are out in the world fighting the good fight, doing things that matter, even down to the smallest little things that most people would never even notice, but energy spent towards good as opposed to, you know, as opposed to some people put so much energy into bad. Look at what would happen in the world. But I think the second thing that energizes me is just kids. I, I love kids so much. I think that's probably one of my favorite things on the planet. It's just little kids and their innocent view on things. So those two come together in one thing that I can think of. Talk, talk, talk a little bit about bicycles. Um, yes, I help out with a charity. I don't even know how many years ago, maybe 15 years ago. It had to be longer than that ago. I ended up with a ton of bikes from my sister-in-law or family members. Oh, hey, my kids outgrew this bike. I don't need it anymore. So I ended up with an abundance of bikes and I thought this is just such a waste to take these just to the dump or just to give them to to goodwill to be resold when they're not that great to begin with what can i do with these bikes so i started researching on the internet and found uh, an organization called recycled bicycles and found two gentlemen that collected bicycles and in their free time fixed fixed them up so that they could be redistributed into the community so they would take these little bikes and either take them to inner city schools where kids didn't have a bike or Indian reservations or donate to homeless people so that they could have a mode of transportation to get to work or whatever they needed to do. So I started collecting bikes and it was super small scale, just, hey, I think it was a first note to my son's football team. Does anybody have any bikes that they're not using? Hey, I'm trying to collect them for this organization. And it just, word by word of mouth, people knew that I collected these bikes. And so people call me pretty much on a daily basis to collect these and happy to say I've donated, I don't know, maybe close, close between 700 and 800 bikes to two different organizations now and that have been fixed up and redistributed into the community to people that are just needing 
needing them. It's awesome. Just because there are people in the world that do good. Yes, yes. And it, and it might not mean anything to a lot of people, mm-hmm. but if I just help one person, I'm so happy about that. I can think of one person in particular we had a hard time finding a bike for because she's not able to shift. She can't shift gears. But, you know, and she had had a massive hip surgery. So we just went, we were on a mission to find this very specific bike and found it. But she was just beyond grateful and didn't have anything to give in return. But somehow found out through the grapevine that my kids went to Columbine High School. So sent a, a call, had a Columbine t-shirt that she sent home to me. But, but you do little things that you do make a difference. And I think that's important for people to realize in, in this climate of all this bad stuff going on. Well, because to them, it's a big thing. It is. It is. It is a big it's a thing. Very, it's a very big thing. Yes. So what drains you? Um, first thing that pops into my mind is that people that are lazy <laughs> and and I guess I guess I go to go back to what I was saying people that that put so much energy into bad when they could be doing good like I think of how hard it must have been to come up with some of these schemes on you know maybe to steal someone's identity or whatever there's a lot of thought that went into that and a lot of brain power and thinking for something that just just bad i i wish so many people would spend more time spend their energy on stuff that's good to to do the next right thing so close your eyes again okay what would you like to accomplish in your life got a lot of life ahead of you i sure hope so that would change everything for you if you accomplished it i'm not sure that any one thing changes everything but i always in my head i think you know, I, you're, you like to do a lot of uh, athletic events like I do. I'm fairly competitive. And I do think if I could accomplish some, some goals related to uh, athletics and just being healthy, that, that, that always is a big deal. I think we have to really appreciate our bodies and the capabilities that they do have. So even though it is, you know, at the end of the day, does it really mean that much when I finish a half marathon or another triathlon? No, but I do believe that it does take a special kind of combination of will and mental fortitude to train for those events and to take care of your body because it really is the only true home that we'll ever have. And I've seen people, you know, not, not appreciate 
what your body is capable of doing. So I think that, you know, if I could accomplish some things where that I haven't quite been able to accomplish, where there's just a lovely blend of your mental fortitude and your physical fortitude coming together, it's kind of a special thing. Um, but really, at the end of the day, the most important thing is, like I said, appreciating our own health and what we can do, but just having peaceful family life and being able to do the things with my kids that I want to do and, and uh, enjoy, enjoy simple things, appreciate them. Uh, I, why am I not surprised by any of that? <laughs> you wouldn't be i wouldn't be no what uh we've talked about your business yep what are what are you just uh what are you just putting up with what are you tolerating in your business right right now right now the only thing i really even have to tolerate is just you know the the this last year's the COVID restrictions and all of the things that we've had to deal with in the last year, year and a half, maybe. Um, it was, you know, it was just a business that was getting started for me. I never really had done this exact thing before. And everyone kept telling me the first two years are the hardest and they were hard, just trying to learn learn the ropes of this business and what worked and what wasn't working. Um, and it was hitting just the most excellent stride. And then we got shut down. Um, so trying to learn a new business and run a new, new business for myself, and then having to deal with all of these ramifications was while I was going through the most awful time of my life as it was already was very hard. So just trying to come out of that and recover from what's gone on. So right now in all of that, what's, what's working for you? I think what's working for me and what will always work to a certain extent is caring about the people that come into my establishment. And I do, I care, I worry about them, I care about them. I want them to feel at home and I want them to feel like at the end of the day when they come over there, they might as well be in my living room and feel like this is a, a family of sorts. And I think they do feel that way. So I think time spent put into people never is a waste, ever. What's, what's not working? I don't, there's not a whole lot that isn't working. Um, the weather's not working with me. <laughs> we have exponentially better uh, time when the weather's nice. But I think, you know, there's always things that can be done better. We can be more organized. Um, work-life balance is always a struggle of what, you know, what you're going to put your energies into, but it's, I think it's working pretty well. Um, you know, it's still always like little tweaks that need to be made with what works better with, 
your inventory or your employees, but I'm blessed with a group of fabulous employees that are great people. I trust them um, beyond blessed with the most excellent patrons I could have ever asked for that, that helped me make it through the last year. So as far as that goes, I don't have a whole lot of bad to say. I have never had a job, I don't think, where I didn't get up and go, oh, I don't want to go to work today. I don't ever feel like that. I'm excited to go see my patrons, and some days are better than others, but it's a happy experience for the most part, and that's, that's such a blessing. By the fact that you call them your patrons, that says a lot. What, what, how so? What do you think well, of that? You don't call them your customers. Oh, no. There's a big difference between a patron and a customer. Oh, they're my friends. Right. They're my good friends. I love them. Exactly. Yes. That's, that, that's, that's just a signal. Yeah. <clears throat> it's true. So this could have been the first question. Okay. But it's the last question. Okay. What what role for you does faith play in all of this? Everything we've talked about, about your life, about what you're doing, about where you're going, about what you want to be. What role does your faith play in that? It's huge. And I'm discovering that more and more on a daily basis. I, I think I, I've gotten very much more serious about my faith in the last, I don't know, 10, but probably closer to five years. I started going to adoration on a weekly basis at my church and just kind of developing a closer relationship with God and paying attention to just the cues of the universe and, and how much it does make a difference to do the next, Matthew Kelly writes a bunch of books that I just love that I was introduced to at my church, grabbed one before I went into adoration one day and started reading his books. And one of his main themes is to do, is that you, you really know, your gut will tell you what's right and what's wrong. We can choose to pay attention to it or we can choose to ignore it. But at the end of the day, if you just put one foot forward, one foot front of the other and do the next right thing, good things come to you. And I've spent a lot of time in my life worrying about stuff that I, some stuff that I can control and some stuff that I can't control, but I'm finding that I worry far less now because I feel like if I keep doing what is right and what is good, the, the world, the universe, my God, my life will be okay. It'll be good. And I will be taken care of. Makes a big difference. It's huge huge it's it's 
probably one of the only reasons that I'm alive right now, truly. I'm, uh, I'm glad that was the last question. Me it, too. It sort of puts wrapping paper around everything and ties a bow on it. It does. Yeah. I'm so pleased that you agreed to be on the show. I'm uh, so happy that you invited me and um, honored. Well, said the uh, the honor is mine to be able to to uh, just sit and chat with you for a while and and talk about things that are important to you and yeah. and uh, and let the world know who you are and have uh, have people stop by I seventy in Sheridan and and. Yeah. Uh, stop into the squeeze and uh, come and see you and all of your friends and yes uh, it's a uh, it's important uh, important conversation i appreciate you joining us and we look forward to the next episode of living a better story thanks Thank you so thanks so much and have a lovely day i will you too Thank you for joining us on the You Matter to Christ podcast. We hope this journey has reminded you of the incredible truth that your life holds immense value and significance to Christ. As you go about your day, may you carry the assurance that no matter what you face, you are deeply cherished and loved. Remember, you matter to Christ. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with others who may benefit from this message. Stay tuned for more transformative episodes where we continue to explore the depth of God's love and grace. Until next time, remember that you are not alone. Christ's love is with you, guiding and strengthening you every step of the way. May your life be filled with hope, purpose, and the knowledge that you matter to Christ. <laughs>